here. The show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night How Live, we'll have ethical hacker Dr. Timothy Summers. And a little bit later, we'll hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer with more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Dr. Summers was here a few weeks ago. We were talking about things you need to do to protect yourself from nasty people out there, non-ethical hackers, as they say. <laughs> and I wanted to bring up a few things here and maybe a couple of things that really weren't on the agenda but have occurred to me. So let's talk about that, first of all. Now, just to put things in perspective, we're talking to Tim right now on a landline phone. We had some difficulty with the Skype connection, but that's because Skype is messy sometimes. Now, sometimes we talk to people on their mobile phones but the quality isn't always as good. So, Tim, here's the hard question here. Is it easier for hackers to hack your landline phone or your mobile phone? I mean, if we look on TV, they're always hacking everything. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, first, Gene, thanks for having me. I really appreciate being back on the show. This is uh, actually really awesome. This question is a really good one because I would say that it is actually, uh, from my perspective, easier to hack a mobile phone. For me, I actually learned uh, my original hacking experiences were on landline phones. But uh, with mobile phones, it's just that there's so many ways in. There's so much going on on that little device that it's just really easy to find a, a hole somewhere. So should I be afraid or maybe use the right kind of phone? <laughs> well, you should, you should probably be vigilant. <laughs> uh, I would recommend being vigilant two, utilizing, picking the right phone, and three, making sure that you select the right software to also protect that phone. Okay, so and iOS or Android or something else? So here, here's the question of the hour. Uh, so, well, from my perspective, uh, they're both great. Don't get me wrong. I personally use Android. Well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just my preference. <laughs> Now, we're not talking about hacking the operating system or stuff like that. We're talking strictly about the phone call. So if you hack a phone call, does that mean you actually hear what's going on or just get location information? Well, it depends on how you hack the phone call, right? I mean, with mobile phones, for example, because they're reliant on towers, you could set up your own fake tower, which would allow you to have access to the phone call and the texts, as well as geographic location information. It would have to be done really in a way then that the phone thinks it's connecting to your carrier's network, right? Exactly, exactly. So what you would do is uh, similar. It's basically a man-in-the-middle attack where you set up a, a fake antenna or fake access point, rather, and that phone connects to your access point. Let's just say you and I set one up in a parking lot. So, you know, we have our, uh, our own antenna or, or rather access point that we've created. And we set it up so that it looks like it's a regular access point and the phone connects and the reason that the user doesn't know that there is something up is because we're forwarding everything onto the real, the real antennas, the real access points. We're just basically letting it pass through ours. 
So the device thinks that it has basically, oh, this is a tower you know, nearby, closer. And, and that's essentially how you can do that and basically act as a man in the middle and capture everything that comes across. So is it easier to fool your phone thinking that, oh, well, it's on T-Mobile, it's on AT&T, it's on Sprint, or are some carriers easier to hack than others? Well, it's definitely not hard to to fool the device because the device is just looking for, you know, an active connection. It's just looking for a legitimate connection. So you're providing it with a legitimate connection. It just so happens that uh, you're providing it to a, a slightly modified <laughs> uh, acceptable connection. So, so, so now is there a, would I say that one carrier is, you know, easier to hack than others? Not really. I mean, for the most part, most of these guys are doing the same kinds of things. So you wouldn't really find a, a huge amount of, of uh, discrepancy there. However, really the easiest way into a device is through the apps. Uh, not, you know, it, it, I mean, basically hackers are, are lazy. You know, no one wants to, uh, no one wants to uh, actually have to hack through the infrastructure, but rather you would prefer to create some malicious software that the mobile phone user downloads or or you could instruct Siri to go download said uh, malicious software. <laughs> right, but with an iPhone, you have to go to the App Store unless you jailbreak your iPhone. So you'd have to fool Apple into allowing this software to get on there. And I suppose it's happened a few times, but once they catch it, the software's gone. With Android, it's easier to sideload, I gather, to go to other sources for software. But if you stick with Google Play, even if we say that maybe Android doesn't have the same level of security, if Google learns that an app is pulling some kind of stunt like this, they'll pull it. Uh, yes, yes, this is this is absolutely accurate. It relies very heavily, though, on the on the App Store or Google Play being the 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 monitoring body if you will or rather the policing um the policing entity that makes sure that apps are not malicious however on every platform there are malicious apps that look uh as if they're regular and they're they're upstanding but that's not always the case especially if the app is uh an app that has a legitimate reason to be beaconing information somewhere else, there's nothing saying that you can't hijack that session that a legitimate app has open. Uh, so you could just focus purely on the types of connectivity and connections that apps initiate, and that would be a definite source or way in to a device. Would it be easier, before I get to landlines, would it be easier to hack an individual phone or is the best way or the most convenient way setting up something that just grabs whatever's out there? Well, actually, I'll do you one better, Gene. I actually would say that it's easier to hack, just hack the user of the phone. Uh, get the user of the phone to do something on the phone that they're not supposed to or that they shouldn't be. And that would be the easiest way into the device itself. So if somebody hates you, <laughs> and wants to break in and they've got the knowledge maybe it's possible but it's going to take some time right sure 
Sure. Yeah, it, it definitely would take a little time and a little reconnaissance. But every every project does, right? It requires a little research, a little recon. But once you collect that data and you understand the, the way that the user uses it or the apps that the user is using, uh, that could give you a lot of uh, really interesting advantage over the user. A really great example is uh, when there was the the string that people were texting to one another on their iPhones, which would cause the iPhone to restart. Actually, it's a uh, Quite annoying, but uh, but a really interesting. Uh, I would I won't necessarily call it a hack, but definitely a very interesting uh, tweak to the device. I'll just watch out who wants to listen to my phone, but certainly I'll look on TV like CSI Cyber. They probably are doing it there right now. That's a good Again, question. By <laughs> by the way, I wanted to ask you here. We've got shows yeah. like that, and I'll say CSI Cyber because it's one of the more popular ones, and then of course is Scorpion. And we have shows like that where you're seeing hackers become heroes. What sure. you see there, how close is it to reality? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I actually have not seen either of those shows. Uh, but from what I understand, they're, well, at least in the uh, hacking community uh, and within my colleagues, there is definitely a sort of running and laughing joke that uh, CSI cyber is a bit far-fetched. So, <laughs> however, I cannot speak to that from personal experience because I have not seen it. But in my experience, anytime I've ever seen hacking on TV in the form of TV or film, it has definitely been a bit uh, shaky, if you will. Well, the big problem with TV, of course, is that on an hour-long TV show, you have roughly 43 and a half minutes to fill. After right. you deduct commercials. Right. So things that may right. take weeks or months have to be run real quickly. Otherwise, of course, you won't get it in time. We're talking to Dr. Timothy Summers. He's an ethical hacker. And we're focusing now on hacking phones. But we'll get into all sorts of suggestions for the holidays to protect yourself on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MaxSales.com. That's MaxSales.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids. R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Don't take a cold or flu lying down. Stand up and fight back with Supernatural Silver. Supernatural Silver is a natural immune system booster that is highly effective against viruses, bacteria, and fungus. Supernatural Silver is perfect for daily use and can be taken orally or used topically to keep you protected from whatever comes your way. This new technology is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver and is supported by extensive research from over 300 clinical studies at universities and independent research facilities 
facilities across the country. Supernatural Silver has an exceptionally long storage life and should be an essential part of your emergency preparedness. Don't be caught off guard. Give your body the support it needs to fight off deadly pathogens that are lurking everywhere. Stock up on Supernatural Silver and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2015 for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com. SupernaturalSilver.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Attention all men. Are you urinating more frequently? Do you wake up to urinate? Are you having a slower, weaker stream? Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Super Beta Prostate is guaranteed to support a more complete emptying of your bladder, a fuller, stronger stream, and less waking at night to urinate. Super Beta Prostate is a product that I really like. I endorse it. I use it myself. I was very pleasantly surprised that Super Beta Prostate helped me fairly quickly. Super Beta Prostate is formulated with a natural plant enzyme called beta-cytosterol. It's so powerful, you'd have to take 100 salt palmetto pills to get the same sterols as just one Super Beta Prostate tablet. Don't ignore the warning signs of your aging prostate. Call now to get your free bottle of Super Beta Prostate. Call 1-800-853-1203. That's 1-800-853-1203. 800-853-1203. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Nussbaum with the Anthem Foundation. Premature birth is the leading cause of death of babies and disabilities for children. That's why we support the March of Dimes to help mothers have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment and outreach to help moms during their pregnancy, and give every baby a healthy start in life. Learn how you can help at marchofdimes.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. By the way, we want to tell you we have a special feature of the show. For those of you who would rather have an ad-free version, we offer it with Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. You go there, we give you all the instructions how to subscribe for as little as $5 a month. We also have lifetime subscriptions. We have an occasional Tech Night Owl Minute that we're now offering, plus.technightowl.com. We've got Dr. Timothy Summers. And we started off the discussion on whether you can hack a phone and connect. And obviously, you can do it with a mobile phone with a little bit of work. What about a landline phone? And I'm going to separate that as two kinds of landline phone. The traditional copper wiring system, the old-fashioned landline phone, and the newfangled version VoIP, where you connect to the internet. Is it easier to hack either? 
than the other? And are they easier to hack than a mobile phone or harder? Multiple questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would actually say, Gene, that if it's connected to the internet, you know, the the security uh, exposure, the risk exposure goes up. So think of it that way. If it's connected to the net, there definitely is a higher risk. The benefit that landline phones have is that they're not connected to the internet. You, of course, it means that you can patch into a line, for, for example, behind someone's home, but there's a physical requirement for you to be there. Whereas with VoIP and mobile phones, you really don't have to be there. You can do it from a distance. Now, from, in my opinion, it gets progressively, your, your risk exposure goes up from landline. So it would be if it, from least risk to most risk, I would say, landline, mobile phone, VoIP. Now with VoIP, the connection is little packets of data. So you've sure. got to find some way to grab that connection, reassemble it, and override any security that the VoIP system has. And I don't know. Do companies like... Vonage offers special encryption on their phone adapters to prevent this sort of thing? I'm not sure about that, but what I will say is that there are organizations out there that are definitely able to capture your encrypted packets and reassemble them. So there's a way to do it, maybe. (laughs) There's definitely a way to do it. And I also assume here that if somebody wants to contact a specific party or hack what they're doing or eavesdrop, They'll find a way yes. with, with the right amount of time and expense. That is a very appropriate and correct assumption, yes. So therefore, I should be very careful what I say on the phone. I mean, if I say I don't like Obama, maybe the Secret Service will come after me. But then a lot of people don't like a particular person. <laughs> this is true, Gene. There are a lot of people who don't like others. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about them uh, hacking into your phone. But uh, there are a few out there that are able and capable uh, of doing so. Now, since sometimes this is connected to the phone system, what about the household alarm system? Now, we're usually used to an alarm having this little keypad. So you enter your home and you hear some kind of beeping tone and you enter your passcode in the keypad and it turns it off. Now, obviously, there are ways to just guess it. You know, if you know the person, maybe it's going to be their birth date or their son's or daughter's birthday or something like that. You do an old-fashioned kind of hacking where you guess the password. But if you break into somebody's home, are there other ways to get into that burglar alarm? And there are there different kinds of burglar alarms that are safer than others? Or is it just going to be whatever it is, it's one step removed from just breaking into your home and taking everything? Sure. Well, the one thing that's of, of note here with most of many of the uh, alarms today is that you can arm and disarm them via your phone. Anytime you can do that with a mobile device is cause for concern. It doesn't mean that the alarm does not work. It doesn't mean that it's uh, it doesn't mean that it's easy to hack, but it is possible, and that basically means that your risk exposure has basically expanded a bit. Whereas with the traditional alarm systems, you needed to actually physically be there. And, and, and a big part of this is anytime a person is able to arm or disarm something without having to physically be present, that introduces a substantial amount of, of a risk from a, from a, from a, you know, a security perspective. And, and that is, a, is something that a hacker is very excited about. 
So from my perspective, when I think about alarm systems being able to be armed and disarmed from a person's mobile phone, I immediately think, okay, that means this data is going across the waves somewhere. It's going across the net. There's tons of servers in between. The alarm company has no control over. There's all types of things that are happening that basically allow and open, you know, open the user up to, uh, to me potentially getting in in a lot of different ways. So that that's definitely some to, something to be in uh, to keep in mind when you think about these new alarm systems. So your opinion here is that the old-fashioned alarm system, you have the panel in the home, and then still you might have a monitoring service connect by your phone line. But the actual access to the alarm system, if it's hardwired in your home, someone has to physically be there before they can do anything, and that's the best way. I definitely, it's definitely the more, more secure way. Now, here's the thing. A lot of these alarm systems now, you, of course, the traditional ones we're talking about, they actually are, are hardwired to the landline. So keep in mind, a lot of these new alarm systems, not only are you able to arm and disarm the system via your mobile phone, but it actually, the alarm system itself has built in 3G so that the phone call that would alert the police is going over cellular. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So we're going completely wireless. We're going to the point where we can essentially, you know, not have to rely on the landline and, uh, and, and not have to rely on our physical presence. Those things are, are definitely worth taking into account, and they add lots of risk. So my opinion is that from a hacking perspective, I'm more hopeful and more interested in a user having a system that doesn't require them to physically be there and that they can that they can basically arm and disarm via their cell phone and uh and you know it has that built-in 3g <laughs> i'm hoping they have that system so that i can identify potential ways of getting in now that's an interesting question too you're scoping out a place to rob we don't want to give anybody any advice here do they have a way <laughs> of detecting that as they drive by can they do a drive by and see what's going on before they make a decision whether to break into that place? It definitely depends on the system. If the system is emanating any kind of signals, then there are definitely ways where you can pick up the fact that signals are emanating from the home. The other thing to think about as well is, you know, is this system connected over the homeowner's Wi-Fi? If it is, that's a potential way in. So, so that's something to definitely consider. If I were scoping out someone's home, well, the, well hypothetically, let's just, yeah, <laughs> don't want to be giving anyone instructions on how to do this. But We understand, hypothetic- but hypothetically, I'm going to get ready to break now. And let's, in our next segment, <laughs> let's figure this out and let's deal with the hypotheticals. We have our hypothetical ethical hacker, Dr. Timothy Summers. You like the way I did that? I mean, I did that without stumbling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas. Is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users! If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24/7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We have ethical hacker Dr. Timothy Summers here. And he's posing a hypothetical here that if somebody wanted to break into your home, would they be able to drive by and kind of scope it out first, get a sense of what's going on before they make the effort? Does it depend on the kind of alarm they have? It it does. Definitely does. It depends on how the alarm is is, uh, set up in the home, of course. So, for example, if you're driving past someone's home, you can do what we call, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically uh, war driving where you're looking for, you know, you're looking for Wi-Fi that is emanating from from the home. And you basically can jerry-rig up some kind of uh, antenna. And in the past, we built them out of Pringles cans, if you can believe that or not. (laughs) Uh, And you can have an omnidirectional uh, antenna or directional antennas. But basically, what it allows you to do is to direct your antenna antenna in some way, some direction, to see what signals pop up with the idea of finding access points that are out there specifically that exist in the home. So if the security system at at the home is connected in any way, shape, or form to the Wi-Fi, there may be some data that you can capture across that that Wi-Fi network, of course, after you've hacked into the the, uh, the the encryption that the Wi-Fi may be using, and that's really a big that's a big assumption because many homes don't have encryption on their Wi-Fi. Now, I know with the new Wi-Fi routers, when you set them up and you establish a password, by default they set up the standard level of WPA encryption. Oh yeah, the the default, yeah, yeah. Uh, many people don't even. Many people use basic regular passwords like one, two, three, four, five, six, or uh, <laughs> really simple things like that. And there are many tools out there that allow you to crack that encryption or crack the password. And of course, you have some systems where they'll suggest really hard passwords. I know, for example, Cisco's set up for their routers used to have that where they give you a default password. And that password would be as crazy and as convoluted as it can be. But the key here is you buy a router. And we're getting into that because we're actually going to focus more on holiday issues. But just quickly with a router, you need to have a secure password. And traditionally, that would be a mixture of letters, numbers, uppercase, lowercase, symbols, as many garbage letters as you can add together and numbers, upper and lowercase mixed that would be the best, most effective way. And if the password can be longer, fine. But Gene, there's, a, there's actually, you'll, you'll get a crack out of this. There's actually a 12-year-old who has a business making passwords. And she actually has a really good business model. Uh, there was a paper, an academic paper that came out uh, some years ago uh, with a methodology for creating, quote unquote, unhackable passwords or uncrackable passwords, rather. And so this 12-year-old started a business utilizing this uncrackable password methodology where she will create a password for you for ten, uh, two bucks. If you send her two bucks, she will send you back an uncrackable password. should point out that under Max, the iCloud keychain can suggest very complicated passwords for you. 
So I don't want to deprive this child of $2 a password, <laughs> but there are ways to do it free. Anyway, the key here is they also do that, by the way, when you set up your new ISP. And I hope this people who install these routers for you understand that quite often they'll come with a default password that's password or one, two, three, four. And you hope the tech instructs you how to choose a secure password. But the most important thing is here, as trustworthy as they may be, the Cox cable person or the Comcast or whoever, don't let them know what your password is. Set it up yourself <laughs> and shield it from them. Yes, yes. This is very true. And, and Gene, it's also worth noting that in many cases, so in many cases now, the default password is a very long string of letters and numbers, and it's actually written on the side of the, of the router. So remove that very quick. Yeah, remove that very quickly or scratch it out or change it. Uh, but, but it's definitely uh, worth noting because many times customers don't even notice that the password is on the side. And what happens is they may accidentally lock themselves out of their Wi-Fi because they lost the password somehow. Maybe the computer, you know, lost that in memory. And so they end up calling the Comcast or Cox or whoever your cable provider is and saying, hey, I'm locked out of my Wi-Fi. How do I do this? And the customer service person can say, oh, well, sir, your password is actually just on the bottom of your router. And you hope that they are taking proper precautions to make sure you are who you say you are and not giving it to somebody else. Let's move to phishing schemes, like emails that claim to be from your bank. But I want to tell you about a story here that happened just a couple of weeks back. Now, I have an account with a certain bank that I shall not name because we already have a security lapse, one that among many companies has had problems with hackers. So in this case, I get a call from their security department saying, we just got a call from somebody disputing a transaction and... They said they were you. They identified themselves properly, but it didn't sound right. Did you call us? I said no. So at that point, they froze the account pending examination. Now, I'm using a Mac. There are no security lapses. Certain security information like my social security number and other things you might need to be able to gain access to a bank account, I don't have stored anywhere except in my pocket. You know, I have my social security card or something. So I don't know how they did this, but they literally Hello? called my bank and almost convinced them that they were me. How would somebody right. do that? <laughs> That's actually, that actually happens more commonly than you, than you think. Do you recall the recent situation where the hackers hacked into the CIA director's uh, personal home uh, cable E cable accounts and uh, an email, and it, it it was through this exact very attack. This methodology is called social engineering. Uh, this is where the hacker basically has either well, these folks. It sounds like they weren't successful, so they probably called your bank first. Um, but typically, the way that you would do that successfully is you would call or find some other services that the target may have and contact, so something that, let's just say something, a service that's a little bit more lax in its security, and you can call them and, and basically pretend to be the customer uh, asking various questions about your account, collecting as much data as you can. At that point, 
then taking the newfound data that you've just gathered from, I don't know, let's just say their internet service provider, uh, you then proceed to call the bank. And that way, when the bank begins to ask you questions about you know, your, your account, or rather the target's account, you have some data to kind of fill in there. And, oh, and they say, oh, well, do you have your, your phone pen? Oh, no, you know, I, I don't have that. I've lost it. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I have no idea where it is. We just had a trauma in the family, and I can't think of, uh, I don't know the, the, the pen. I can't remember it. And you can come up with all types of stories. Uh, and if you have a really nice customer service uh, rep, you can really really get a lot of data out of them. Now, one thing, of course, that might do this, say you go somewhere and you physically handle your bank debit card to somebody, like at a restaurant or a store. Once they have that debit card number and they see the face of it, if they got the physical card, they've got the three-digit number behind it, they can use that number, the actual debit card number, to call your bank and pretend to be you because that's quite often what they're going to ask for identification. The only other thing they might ask is the code number. They might also ask the social security number, so it requires a bit more work. But even then, you might get by just on that limited piece of information. Correct me if I'm wrong. A little more to go with Dr. Timothy Summers. And he is an ethical hacker, and his company is called Summers & Company. Of course, they work with the industry to, of course, explore security issues and find security lapses. And there are quite a few of those, obviously. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. I want to be able to smoke inside, cut down on cigarettes, jog without wheezing, be kissable, and save money. Then you want the SIG e-cigarettes. Get the highest quality, best tasting vaping experience on the market with unmatched customer service from the SIG. And right now, gobble up this deal. Buy $30 worth of any products and get a starter kit for only $5. Use code SK at checkout. But hurry, offer good only until Thanksgiving at lesig.com. L-E-C-I-G.com. Kick some ash with the SIG.
My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. The lining of your lungs is supposed to be protected with glutathione to neutralize incoming irritants. In the absence of enough glutathione, your lungs are more prone to irritation. Listen to the real-world results of one man using a powerful glutathione-supporting food. Hi, my name is Bill O'Brien. I generally suffer through an asthmatic breathing-type situation. My breathing is shallow and generally constricted in the nose and lungs. After consuming One World Way today, I have tremendous energy and also notice my breathing is free. I can feel the air in my left nostril and it is free all the way to my abdomen, which is pretty remarkable because I rarely get that feeling. Being a singer, I love feeling this unrestricted voice. The only thing new I've actually added to my routine is One World Way. Wow. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We are looking at security here, and we're looking at ways that Someone might be able to get information about your bank account or something, not by breaking into your computer or something or getting the information from you, but maybe from a third party. So, Timothy Summers, my example here, where you hand the debit card to someone in a restaurant or a store clerk, and they copy both sides, that's the beginning of the information profile to get into your bank account, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, most definitely, Gene. It, uh, it actually opens the door for sure. When they call the bank, many times the automated recording system will ask, please enter your 16-digit card number. So that in itself is is the way to open that door. Right. But if they're going to ask then for your PIN number, then you have a problem. And if you ask the bank, say, look, I lost it. Can I get a new one? Wouldn't the bank at least ask the last four of your social before they do that? Well, actually, in most cases, the bank won't ask you for your PIN number over the phone. What they will do is ask you questions like the last four of your social. They may ask you a couple of security questions like, you know, your mother's maiden name or what city is your father from, those kinds of things. Uh, But that kind of information is actually quite easy to gather about a target. Okay, so in this particular case, I assume then that probably they got my bank debit card number from some transaction I might have done. 
and maybe did a little research about me and maybe got some information. I just don't see where it is, but I can see where it's available somewhere. Right, right. And, and that's the, the big thing is that we leave breadcrumbs, data breadcrumbs all over the place. And it's really easy for a malicious hacker to come behind us in some way and capture or grab those pieces of, of, of data and use I, that. Now, I assume they buy these up in bulk. They're not just looking for one person. It's pretty expensive to go after one person. They're looking for quantity over quality, right? It definitely depends on the group. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a cyber crime or, a, or organized crime group, they usually work in bulk. If it's an individual just looking to rip off uh, individuals, then it, it, it could be just at that level. Let's go back to the phishing scheme. So you get an email, and I get these all the time, and they name random banks. And sometimes on a rare occasion, they actually hit a bank that I've possibly used. But they all have the same thing. They warn you about something generally that requires you to log in to confirm or deal with. So it's very easy for somebody, if you're busy, you're getting so many emails and you get something from your bank or it seems to be from your bank or from PayPal or something, you might absentmindedly click that link and then you can cause yourself a heap of trouble. Explain. Definitely. Hacking, uh, phishing is a, is, a, is a methodology of hacking that is incredibly popular. And anything could be at that link. If you accidentally click that link, it could be uh, anything from a form for you to fill out and with that's requesting personal information that goes directly to the hacker. Or it could be for you know a more, a more uh, intense or, or sophisticated hack where the link takes you to a place where you've downloaded malicious software. And that malicious software could have various purposes. Okay, now the one thing here might depend on what kind of computer operating system you're using as to whether you have a way of checking the link before you actually go there. And I know, for example, like in a Mac, in Apple Mail, if you hover your mouse cursor over a particular item that's clickable, it will show you the actual URL. And when you look at that, if it doesn't say paypal.com, you know, you know it's right. not PayPal. Now, there may be other things there that are hidden, and they'll still make it work. But certainly, right. that alone is a bit of protection, although the real protection is if you get something from a financial institution, just go there directly. Don't click on the link for anything. This is correct, Gene. Uh, definitely. In uh, Windows-based systems, it's the same, same scenario uh, where you, if you hover over the link, it will show you uh, the, 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 the full URL. And this is something that consumers can, can rely on across the board in most operating systems. However, where things get a bit tricky is that URLs are looking more and more complex and more and more like gibberish. So many users uh, end up accidentally clicking on the link even when they can see the URL. So even if a link is genuine, it may be so convoluted it's not obvious right. where it's from. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing also is that, you know, there was a study done recently at Carnegie Mellon University where uh, they explored the populations that were more susceptible to phishing emails. And interestingly enough, it turns out that uh, women between the ages of, of 18 and 25 were the most vulnerable to phishing emails. 
And just think about it this way. The phishing email game is uh, is very much a, a, a quantity, a volume kind of business. They may send this email out to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And even if just to get a 1% click rate, that's still pretty good. Well, if you send out 100,000 and you're getting 1,000 potential accesses to somebody's bank account, that's yeah. pretty good. Still pretty good, yeah. Don't mind that. So watch out those links. Also, the second thing you mentioned in the information that your PR person sent to me is beware of links from friend and family. It's not just your bank, but it might be a link that somebody sends you by mistake or something that may come from somebody you know but doesn't really come from somebody you know. Right, right. It, it, it basically could be that your friend or, or, or grandmother or aunt um, or best buddy has fallen victim to a phishing scam and they now, the, the malicious software perhaps that's installed on their machine is now sending an email to you and it looks like it's, looks like it's from your buddy. Um, I saw one situation where someone had taken advantage of this grandmother by sending uh, an email that had a title uh, that seemed to imply that the email had a photo of her grandson. So this person, this uh, malicious hacker, had basically stalked this woman uh, on Facebook and realized that she was incredibly, uh, you know, really in love with her grandson. And so this person took a what we call a spear phishing approach. Uh, spear phishing is basically where you, you uh, send out a targeted phishing email, and um, they put in an image that you know, or, or a file that looked like an image, um, some malicious software. And so when she clicked on it, uh, it executed that software. And uh, unbeknownst to her, they were able to capture all of her keystrokes and websites that she had been visiting. And that was actually a pretty easy way to, uh, for them to perform identity theft uh, on that lady. What about these companies? I'm not going to mention any because a lot of them advertise on the air, on TV or radio, and who knows, maybe we'll have one as an advertiser. They offer to provide identity theft protection. Do such things work? You know, some of them, it, it depends on the service. There are many of them out there. But here's the thing, Gene. They offer additional levels of protection. Some of them are very much reactive and some of them are more proactive. The key is ensuring that you're using a service that fits your needs. If you, if you feel the need to, have a, uh, to be you know, quite secure and quite vigilant, uh, you might want to go with a service that, uh, for example, BillGuard is, is a service that, um, um, that not only keeps an eye on your credit and the charges on your credit cards, but it also communicates with you different companies that have had a data breach, uh, different companies that you may have shopped at that had a data breach. Uh, whereas maybe another service uh, really just monitors your credit. And anytime a credit inquiry comes in, you get a, notif a notification. So it really just depends on what your needs are. But these services, I, I definitely recommend that anyone who uses their credit cards to do online shopping or their de debit cards to do shopping in any way, shape, or form, I definitely recommend that folks look into a personal finance security service. 
it just provides you with a little bit of peace of mind. And it, it also keeps you informed on things that are going on, what's going on with your account. Now, each of the three major credit bureaus has their own monitoring service yeah. in multiple levels, and some actually offer all three credit bureaus, which may be worth the expense because the cost of going to each one and spending 15 or $20 a month to subscribe to their service, soon it gets to be pretty expensive. So you've got to be using credit a lot to make it worthwhile. We have Dr. Timothy Summers joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg with more to come. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Please visit plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com to learn about our premium subscription package where we give you the ad-free version of this show. We're building up the repertoire of Tech Night Owl Minutes and other stuff coming, plus.technightowl.com. It's a modest monthly annual five-year or lifetime subscription rate, so check it out. Now, let's go back to the bank or to a store. And you go to a store and you buy something, or you just even want to get a cup of coffee from Starbucks, and you hand them your bank debit card, inevitably they will say credit or debit. 
Now, with a debit, of course, you got to enter your PIN number. And I find most people, correct me if I'm wrong, Timothy Summers, most people just say debit because it's always the default. You got to go through like a double operation to do credit. You've got to click cancel quite often. Sometimes it has a little credit button that you press or use a stylus for. But quite often you have to go through three or four levels to go from debit to credit. So they want debit for some reason. Why do they want debit? Why do they make that the default? Which is the better way, credit or debit? Well, it's definitely less expensive or, or, or inexpensive for the retailer to accept debit. But from the consumer perspective, uh, I advise folks to always use credit. Well, from my perspective and really from a security perspective, it is just better for you to use your signature rather than to use your pen. And also, you aren't really sure, you're never sure on the back end from an infrastructure perspective how the, the retailer is connected to the bank. That's another thing. Or if you're putting in your, your debit pen, someone could be shoulder surfing where they're looking over your shoulder to see what your pen is. So it's things like that uh, and, and definitely reasons like that where you don't want to use your debit pen. For the retailer, they are definitely um, more interested in you using your debit pen because, as I said, it's, uh, it's cheaper for them. But Gene, is it, I'd like to offer a little additional tidbit for, uh, for your listeners here. Sure. Um, you mentioned Starbucks. The safest way to make purchases at Starbucks is by using your Starbucks card. But there's a there's a there's a point here. Not reloading your Starbucks card with your credit card or your debit card, but using cash to reload your Starbucks card. That is the absolute safest way to make purchases at Starbucks. Okay, this is of course a prepaid card. This is a prepaid card, yes. Okay, so I know I'm going to be at Starbucks every day. I'm going to have my frappuccino in the evening. So Maybe I'll spend 100 bucks a month or whatever it is on Starbucks, which is a lot of money. I just don't see it myself. But if Starbucks <laughs> wants to advertise on this show, I guess I won't refuse the money. But seriously speaking, you go in there and say, okay, here's a $100 bill. Give me that. This way you have not given anybody your credit card number. Everything is limited to that Starbucks card. Of course, someone could steal the card and basically steal your money. But most people I don't think are going to have more than 50 or or $100 on it, right? Yes, yes, that's, that's, that's correct. And also, the Starbucks app, the mobile app for your phone, uh, actually allows you to, uh, to basically store the card on your phone so you don't have to worry about losing the card itself. Very simple to, uh, similar to Apple Pay or, or, um, or the Android Pay systems. All right, and the other thing here, too, is if you use the credit option as opposed to debit, you also have protections from... Visa, MasterCard, they provide yeah. these added protections in case there's fraud. Yes, that's absolutely correct. And it, it's also easier to dispute a charge, uh, a credit charge, than it is a debit charge. Okay. What about an Apple Pay or an Android Pay? Are they pretty safe? Actually, actually, there's been a lot of security uh, expertise that has gone into uh, preparing Apple Pay and, and Android Pay. Uh, however, there, there, is, there definitely is a lot of uh, sec- 
security exposure there that uh, the hacking community really is, is digging, <laughs> digging really deeply into. Uh, however, at the current moment, we really haven't seen any substantial uh, security vulnerabilities there. So I actually would say that um, from an initial perspective, and especially being that this technology is still relatively fresh, uh, it's actually relatively safe. Now, the key with Apple Pay, I don't know as much about Android Pay. Apple Pay is stored at the chip level with tokens. Yeah. They don't actually record your credit card number. The second thing, though, where you could run into a problem is to add your credit or debit card to yeah. Apple Pay. You may have to contact your bank to authenticate, and that could be where a possible security leak might occur. Yes. Yes. And another thing to, to keep in mind at the in terms of Apple Pay, I'm really glad that you bring this up, Gene, about the chip level, is that within the, I believe it was the iPhone 6s or the iPhone 5s, I believe, they actually uh, created a what we call a secure enclave at the chip level within the device, where much of the security information, including your fingerprints, are actually separated from the other chipsets in the device. That actually adds an additional layer of security, if you will. Well, something like one of these fingerprint sensors, and Apple uses the technology they acquired when they bought a company called Authentic that makes fingerprint mm -hmm. sensors, and therefore you have Touch ID on recent iPhones and, of course, on iPads. So is it possible to do anything there? I mean, if you look at some of these TV shows, you'd think you can cut off somebody's thumb and use that to authenticate. But it's not that easy, is it? No, no, it's, 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 not, it's not quite that easy. Uh, and, and the TV shows definitely give us a sort of false sense of, 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 um, of you know, how simple hacking can be. Uh, you know, but there are definitely ways to to trick the, the, the fingerprint scanners uh, in, in different ways, but it's, it's not going to be as simple as, um, as you know, CSI Cyber may make it. <laughs> well, I heard of one thing where you actually have to make a copy of somebody's fingerprint and then maybe make a glove or something and stick it over somebody's finger so they have a living finger and that projects the fingerprint, but it sounds to me like it's a very complicated process and each specific hack would take a lot of time to do. So if you really want to get control of somebody's iPhone, say, using Touch ID, you have to go through a really long process to make it happen. Yeah, it would just be easier to just uh, force the person to, uh, get to log in. <laughs> the easiest way is just take a gun out and say, okay, log in. Otherwise, exactly. you know what's going to happen. And the person right. will usually say if they're smart, okay, I'll log in because you don't want something to happen to you. Right, right. So that's the way we do it. Just time for a few more tips before we go on. Use a designated mailbox. What's that mean? Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is something that I definitely am a big proponent of. What it means is think about all of the different services that you sign up for. Uh, for example, including the, um, you know, going to a store and signing up for their loyalty card or, or things like that. And what you end up doing all the time is giving them your physical address. So whenever a data breach has happened to this company, guess what? Now the hackers have your physical address and guess what they're going to do with it? They're then going to sell it on the black market. Well, 
If you sign up for a designated mailbox at a place like the UPS store or, uh, or another uh, place like that, uh, you basically have a mailbox that you can sign up use to sign up for different services, but not have to worry about anyone having your physical home address. Um, and, and that provides an additional layer uh, of security there, because at the end of the day, being secure and, and having and, you know, utilizing good security practice is about layers. There's no such thing as being completely unhackable, but there definitely are best practices that you can use uh, to protect yourself, and having a designated mailbox is one. I mean, we could also have the paranoid illustration here where you watch somebody go to mailbox 300 and then you follow them home. But that's pretty paranoid. That's more for the TV shows. We've got one more segment to spend on security, holiday security, specifically with Dr. Timothy Summers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. 
have an experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Dr. Timothy Summers, ethical hacker. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, what else do we need to do, Tim, with regard to protecting ourselves from security leaks or problems during the holidays? Well, I definitely would also recommend, Gene, that the folks do say two things, and these are both credit card kinds of things. One, if you can, try your best to use a specific set of cards. Uh, Maybe you pick your favorite two, or maybe you pick one, but try your best to do most of your shopping between a select few set of cards. That way, if if we do find out at the beginning of the year next year that there is some substantial breach that has happened, instead of having to go and cancel every single card in your, in your wallet or your purse, you can just basically focus on those top two or three or one. Uh, the other thing I would definitely say is this is for folks who are really vigilant um, or really uh, private or concerned about their privacy. Consider using prepaid credit cards. They're actually are some really good ones out there. Uh, Some of my really paranoid hacker friends use, uh, for example, the Green Dot and the Amex. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to put cash on the card and use it like a credit card, but you don't have to worry about someone monitoring your purchases. And you also don't have to worry so much about that card being uh, stolen in a data breach. Perhaps if you shopped at Target, you can basically use these prepaid cards at any place that accepts Visa or MasterCard or American Express. Of course, you have to have the money to do that, number one. But number two, even if the card is stolen, you can call the issuer and say, this was stolen and get some protection over that. That's absolutely right. Prepaid. Okay, that's one possibility. 
Of course, you see, prepaid quite often is used by people who don't have credit. So there's no stigma. There's no way they know if you walk in there with a prepaid card, will they even know or care? Most of the time, they don't care. There, I actually know a few folks who every month they put a certain amount of money on, on, prepaid, on prepaid cards just for emergencies. Uh, in fact, there's, uh, there's some folks out there that are incredibly uh, paranoid about the downfall of the infrastructure and the systems. So they try to uh, have various uh, backup mechanisms for where they can, they can store cash. Usually there's no stigma associated with using a prepaid card. Uh, and there actually are even um, you know, luxury prepaid cards out there, if you will. Uh, and for example, American Express uh, has a prepaid card. And, and to be quite frank, no one ever asks any questions about uh, it being different than a regular Amex. But however, one thing you do have to think about with the prepaid cards is that many, for many of them, the numbers are not etched into the card. They are actually just uh, written onto the card like with a printer. After a little while, the numbers can rub off pretty easily. <laughs> so maybe you just throw out the card after you use it and get another one. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing to keep in mind about prepaid cards is that if you... For example, let's just say there's $100 originally on the card and you use it and then there's $11.73 left on there. If you don't remember that there's $11.73 left on there, you may not spend the 73 cents. And in some cases um, with the card, you can't, you can't make, for example, make a purchase for $12 if you only have 11.73 on there. Whereas with your credit card, the bank would allow you to, of course you'd be overdrawn, but they would allow you to make that kind of a purchase. Uh, with prepaid cards, you don't have that luxury. Now, um, and with some however, purchases, depending on where you go, they'll let you use more than one card. So you can say, this yeah. is my prepaid card. I'm not sure what's on it. Let's use that up first. And do they have any way, though, the store of finding out how much of a credit line is still left? Or do you have to just guess? They actually can print out a receipt for you that shows you how much is left on the card. And also, they I know, for example, that American Express does for sure. They have a website where you can log in. You can put the number in there, and it will tell you how much money is on the card. Okay, so there are ways to do this. And this is something you can do, of course, say you get a loyalty card or you get a card in exchange for buying a product or service. And that way you get yeah. your Visa card, I think, when we first set up a cell phone account with AT&T. Originally, I think we got one of these $50 Visa cards or something. This is so many years ago. I don't remember, but that's an important thing. Now, what about the fact that you're going into physical stores? That's another thing, of course, online, you want to go to a dealer that's not a fraud. But you go to a physical store. And that person has physical access to your payment information if you're not using Apple Pay or Android Pay or whatever it is. How do you protect yourself there? Do you say, do the transaction in front of me, especially at a restaurant? Because at a restaurant, they don't come there with a machine. They take your card, they go to the back of the store where the credit card machine is located, and they run it. You don't know what they're doing. That's exactly correct. You don't know what they're doing. And we give our credit cards to people all the time, our credit cards and our debit cards and our IDs in some situations. <laughs> How many times have you been to look at an apartment or to look at a car or something like that and they ask you to leave your ID or they can make a photocopy? So the, the truth is that our society is really designed not with individual security in mind. When you go to a restaurant, 
you are absolutely right. You give them your card, you have no idea what they're doing. And that's a risk that we take every time we go out. So obviously watch your bank statements just in case your credit card statements. And the other thing is at a car dealership, they won't even let you test drive a car until they get your driver's license. And what they'll do is they'll make a copy. I suppose you can say, well, let me go with you to the copy machine to see that you're doing it. I guess if you want to be really careful about it, that's one way, right? Yeah, yeah, that's one way. But they'll still have the information anyway, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. They're going to have it at a car dealership. But now, this is one of the situations where those financial, uh, personal financial security services come in handy. Because if you use a comprehensive service that keeps track of not just your credit, but also any places where your identity may be being used on the internet, as well as any new charges, you have a place where you can actually pay very close attention to uh, any charges. You can flag those charges. These are the kinds of things that you would get from a personal finance security service. Care to recommend anything else other than the one you recommended before? Uh, well, I definitely would say that uh, there, there, unfortunately, there is a way to get these for free. Uh, I say unfortunately because that, that way of getting them for free is by first having been a customer at a company that had a data breach. Um, and you're absolutely right. All of the credit agencies, the credit bureaus, they all have their own versions of these services. So I really don't have a specific one to recommend. Uh, I would say that starting with your credit bureau is probably a good place to begin. Timothy Summers, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do and learn more about your work. Yeah, definitely. You can find more about my work at uh, howhackersthink.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter um, at howhackersthink. Again, that's how, how hackersthink.com. No spaces, howhackersthink.com to learn more information. And pay attention to what you just heard on the show. Make things safer for you for the holidays. Dr. Timothy Summers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to OneSilverSolution.com. OneSilverSolution.com. There is only one silver solution. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Earthquake, floods, winter storms, prolonged power outages, or war. Each of us have had that moment when we recognize that we need to be better prepared. We typically do the same thing. We start with food storage, then we address the need for water. But have you considered heat storage? I'm talking about staying warm in the cold. Here are some things for you to consider. How will I keep my family warm? 
The standard answers are firewood, coal, or propane. But the problem with that if you need to be on the move is you can't take it with you. Another concern? There may come a time when you need to stay warm without smoke, like in times of war. There may even come a time when you can't burn fuel. The answers may be simpler and less costly than you think. For these answers, go to FortressClothing.com. Again, FortressClothing.com has the answers to your heat storage dilemma. Don't get stuck in the cold. FortressClothing.com. You'll never be cold again. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits. Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company with over 30 years experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 90 customer satisfaction rating. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, and we're going to cover all sorts of things that we hadn't planned on, but that's the way... <laughs> The show becomes exciting because we have no idea what we're doing, but most people out there agree with us. So since our entire audience agrees that we don't know what we're doing, we will show them to be absolutely 100% correct. Yay! Okay. As of yet, you haven't picked up an iPad Pro. Are you going to get one? I'm not going to get one. Should I tell you why I'm not going to get one? Because it's not because not? I don't like the thing. I'm not going to get one because I carry my iPad with me everywhere. I very much appreciate the form factor of the iPad Air. I was never particularly interested in, in downsizing to the, the iPad mini format. 
conversely, I'm not interested in upsizing to the pro, despite the fact that I would love to have all that extra real estate. It's just the convenience of the air fits a sweet spot in my in my life, uh, both from as a as a consumer of content, as a player of games, and as a, uh, a device that helps me with, with productivity. Okay, so the extra screen size doesn't really mean much to you. It's not worth it to carry around all the time. Yeah, I would love all that extra screen space. I would also, uh, I am very interested in the iPad Pro uh, with the keyboard. Uh, and I would, I can't, I couldn't, I can't draw my way out of a wet paper bag. But I would, in fact, I can't draw my way out of a dry paper bag. I, I yeah, can't, I can't, I cannot. People who can draw are wizards to me. But that wouldn't stop me from enjoying trying with the uh, iPad Pro and Apple Pencil. I mean, the device is really interesting to me. I'm not at a point where I can get one just to have it. And if I got one, it would be just to have it at this point. Oh, obviously, we're talking here about an investment and not a small investment, a considerable investment. And then if you want to add the pencil, it's like $100. And then if you want to have the keyboard, it's another investment. And then you're in MacBook Air territory. You're getting close to MacBook Pro territory. And then you have to make the ultimate decision, is iOS a sacrifice? Given input devices that are perfectly serviceable, is that sacrifice over functionality compared to your Mac? And that gets to a larger question we'll raise in a moment. But what do you think of that so far? Yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, another thing that's very specific and personal to me is I spend, you know, an hour or two reading uh, before I go to bed, before I go to sleep in my bed. And because I read on my side, this is this is actually pertinent. I'm not trying to give too much information. This is pertinent. Because I read on my side, my iPad tends to be on its uh, resting against the bed. So it's it's never too large or too heavy for me. It's actually perfect. I, I, and I've and. I've met lots of people who say that they read on their back if they're in bed, and therefore the iPad Air is too big for them. But the iPad Pro would not be the kind of device I'd want to read with in bed. And when I'm spending that much time reading, this kind of matters. So, yeah, for me, uh, for for me, if I was if I was, I'm not. I'm definitely not ready to ditch a Mac laptop by any stretch of the imagination. So. Its ability to replace a laptop is is not of particular interest to me. It will be to some people, but it's not to me. All right. So reading is important to you, and an iPad as a reading device is pretty decent if it's an iPad Air 2 weighs, weighs less than a pound. But if it's an iPad Pro that weighs a pound and a half, pretty much about what the first iPad weighed that's a bit of a load, especially if it's larger. Now, well, yeah, it's just larger. The larger is the bigger problem than the weight to me. Would you take a book, a hardcover book, and try to read it that way? Yeah, I, I read. I've read uh, all my life, and I've read in bed all my life. Uh, it, it, as, as a matter of fact, that was that was the first thing that made me so excited about the iPad is that it was so much a better device for reading in bed. Okay, but I think the point of an iPad Pro, which you'll agree with me, is that that extra size is not for reading in bed. It's for productivity Absolutely. if you find that valuable. And I've mentioned this to our listeners before, and probably you've heard it, but I'll repeat it because we always have new listeners. We always get new stations. 
for the network, and that is that I can't do this show with an iPad. I can't Today. because there's no way to grab the audio from Skype and from my analog external mixer, put it together, and have an app work and do that function. Now, it doesn't mean it's not possible on an iPad, but Apple sandboxing, which walls off applications, has no exception to the rule that allows for capturing and mixing audio. Not that they can't do it. It's a question of, will they do it? Now, on the Mac, I use Audio Hijack with Skype. And I have, as I said, an external Behringer analog mixer that connects via USB to the Mac. And I'm using a mic that is either analog or digital. It's using an analog connection now. So this is getting very complicated, folks, but I'm trying to define what I have to do. Now, the Mac App Store won't allow audio hijack either because it's grabbing audio from another app and they won't allow that exception. But with Macs, you could download software from any site. And the software, of course, is authorized by Apple with that certificate, that developer certificate. So you don't get warnings when you open it that it can't be opened, although there are ways to defeat that too. But the point being here is that this is an app that can work on a Mac even though it doesn't go in the Mac App Store, and I wish it could because I think they deserve the money, but I can't do it on the iPad. It doesn't mean Apple, as I said, can't add that exception, but you know what I'm talking about, Brian. I do. I absolutely know what you're talking about. The say Apple sandboxing is a, is an issue of security, and the trade-off is uh, some convenience and functionality, especially that... Um, um, audio production people, people that do the kind of things like that, that we do, including podcasts and uh, uh, radio shows, uh, depend on and need. And the interesting thing is, is that I think iPad Pro is probably going to be a great music editor. And believe it or not, I think that Apple Pencil and iPad Pro will, will make it a great music editor. But... That is not the same as it being a great device for capturing disparate audio sources, uh, and uh, uh, and then and that's 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 going to be the thing there. So it, that device could actually be a great one for 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 a lot of what you do. It's just going to be missing that that key functionality of of uh, working with different inputs. Now again, Apple can do it. Maybe for iOS 10, they'll consider that. Remember now we have the first iteration of split view and the enhanced multitasking for the iPad. And it only works with the more recent ones. The iPad Pro has lots of creative possibilities. Even editing audio waveforms, it should be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. It's capturing the audio. It's also dealing with multiple files. Because right now, you don't have direct access to the file system. There are a handful of apps that give you that kind of access. So I think, again, that the iPad Pro can do it, but it may depend on what Apple does for iOS 10. And maybe they will allow that. Maybe they'll understand the needs and see what customers do when they adopt the iPad Pro and accommodate those needs. Right now, it's a work in progress. It's the first iteration and I think the criticisms I've read in the reviews, correct me if I'm wrong, are that it has all this potential that isn't quite realized yet. Now, Apple obviously worked with Adobe and Microsoft and other companies to deliver an initial group of 
productivity apps that work with Apple Pencil and work very well with an iPad Pro. I think there's a lot of potential there for creatives, for the business world. Again, that creativity has to be fulfilled by apps. And again, Apple has to do its part. We've got a lot more to come here. We've got Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. We'll continue with the use case for the iPad and that statement about it being a possible PC replacement by Tim Cook. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My name's Clyde, age 59, and I reside in Florence, South Carolina. The doctors diagnosed me as having clogged arteries. Felt like I was carrying heavy concrete blocks around my feet and legs. I started taking heart and body extract as directed. It is less than three weeks, and I'm like a young man again. It's unbelievable that an herbal formula can work so fast and so powerfully. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. 
Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So let me ask you that question, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. If Apple would allow the audio apps people like you and I need to function on the iPad. Would you get an iPad Pro to do that work, or would you still do it on your Mac? I would probably still do it on my Mac, and I don't know how much of that is change resistance and how much of the fact that how much is OS ten with the keyboard and with uh, either a mouse or a trackpad uh, is, I think, better suited for doing work like music mixing. I do think that the iPad Pro could be a, a really interesting device for that. And I kind of I can't wait to see what people do with it. But I don't know that it will be better than doing that same work on a Mac. Might be better for, you know, if you're wanting to do it at a coffee shop, I suppose. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it's hard to know, Gene, if I'm being change resistant. Like, you know, in my day, you used a Mac for that work. You know, I don't know if how much of that is, is that and how much of it is a, a practical aspect of using a device that, that, that is better suited to, to doing that kind of work. Again, this is something that was have to develop over time. Yeah. This is the thing that keeps me from doing it as well. I use a 27-inch iMac. I do all my productive work on it. The only thing I do on my iPhone is occasionally I'll open up a WordPress blog and they've got a WordPress app and I'll make a minor change. Oh, I made a silly typo. Let me go fix that. And that's fine. I don't use the iPad because the iPad is this intermediary device that doesn't do anything I want it to do. Because as soon as I add the keyboard, well, I can get my MacBook Pro out of the closet and use that instead if I must do that. Now, with email, as long as the email isn't long, I'm just adding a sentence or two, I have no problem typing that on a normal iPhone 6. So that's me. Maybe Apple will change that. And that's the other thing, too. This is a statement that I think has been misinterpreted by some, where Tim Cook pointed to the iPad, and now specifically the iPad Pro because of the more integrated keyboard and the Apple Pencil, as a potential PC replacement for some people. It doesn't mean it's your PC replacement or mine, but it means a lot of people may find it to be that. Like my wife uses her iPad as a PC replacement because she doesn't use the Mac. 
has rarely used the Mac except maybe to check email or do something at my request. But since she had an iPad in her hands, you cannot take it away. That is her PC. That's the case for a lot of people. And it's been the case from the get go. If we can, we actually go back to like 2009. Okay, um, let me early. set up the time machine. Let's go. I think I'll use the TARDIS. Okay, the TARDIS is a good one. The big I can't duplicate of- the TARDIS sound because they'll sue me. Yes, they probably could. Nonetheless, at the time, and in 2009, 2008, the big deal was netbooks. Do you remember netbooks? Yes, I do. They lasted for about five minutes. Yeah, well, they lasted for about 18 months. A lot of PC companies, no, that's not true. A couple of PC companies uh, ended up gaining a lot of share because they were selling these cheap, cheap netbooks and people people were really keen on them, especially young people. They were, they were interested in this inexpensive device that was super portable. I remember at the time, analysts, pundits were certainly uh, taking shots at Apple constantly, but analysts during the conference calls, they'd constantly ask, what are you going to do about the netbook? How are you going to compete against the netbook? Uh, I remember uh, Apple was downgraded by an analyst, and I, 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 I've yet to be able to, to find this again, and so I'm not going to say who I think it is because I'm not sh- actually sure that it was her. But there was one particular analyst that downgraded Apple because uh, the company had not announced a netbook strategy that wouldn't also cannibalize MacBook sales. Well, here's the thing about that. I think anytime an analyst says something, Assume they're wrong no, and no, get no, on with your life. A few get it right. That's, that's, that's uh, no. <laughs> right. no, absolutely not. Most, most, most analysts know what they're talking about. Some of them don't, but it's like that, they say in the Howard Stern show, shut up, sit down. This is a complete digression. And I apologize for taking us into this territory. No, the point is, is that everybody was concerned about netbooks. Apple CEO, uh, Steve jobs at the time and Tim cook, and sometimes even Phil Schiller, they would talk about netbooks in a very dismissive way. But the one thing they didn't ever dismiss was the fact that people wanted them. What Apple kept saying is that peop- that they felt that people were not going to be satisfied with with netbooks that were being that were being offered. They would you know criticize the keyboard, they would criticize uh, various aspects of it, say it was underpowered, all that sort of things. And but they never did say. People don't need these things. And it occurred to me that what Apple was doing was saying that, that, that Apple was going to compete with a netbook, not with a netbook, but with what I was calling at the time an iPod SuperTouch. Lo and behold, it's precisely what Apple ended up doing. Instead of calling it iPod SuperTouch, they simplified the name. Yeah, they called it the, the obviously they called it the, the iPad. And that's where I mean, and netbooks just were gone, gone in a, in a flash. Netbooks just, I think it was a year or two at the most, and netbooks were just gone. And you know what was funny here? We had a guest on the show a year or two after the iPad came out. They were trying to make the argument, well, netbooks are still here. And let them have their say, and maybe I wasn't too serious in my treatment of them. But still, that was the way to beat the netbook with something better or different. And it's because Apple looked at the way people were using netbooks and decided that those things that those people wanted to be able to do could be better met with a, with a different form factor. And, you know, the hindsight makes proves that that belief was correct. And a lot of people have used 
their iPads as mostly PC replacements. And to that end, I think that the iPad Pro will will definitely broaden the number of people who could and would want to do that. Now, I see in the business world where iPads certainly have important uses, and I'll give you one example. My wife went to see a doctor just this week, and the doctor's assistant comes in, and she's got an iPad with her, a standard size iPad, and she's got something where she can hold it by placing her hand in a slot in the back of the case to make it more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And as she's talking to my wife, she's busy tapping things there. So that is an ideal purpose. I can see iPads in use in the hospital where nurses and doctors are looking over stats about a patient and entering information. And I think in that respect, businesses will probably embrace an iPad Pro because of the larger screen size, because of the fact that it can be used more as a traditional notebook because of the more integrated keyboard. And I understand, I've tried keyboards on iPads, and I think they are all have the same problem. The ones that are able to be folded into a case or something, they're all bad. <laughs> None of them are very good. I don't know about Apple's keyboard. It's smart keyboard we're going to have to see. So, but, so far um, uh, on the TMO staff, uh, Jeff Gamut thinks that the smart keyboard is, is terrific. And he normally doesn't like short throw key- keyboards, so for him to, to for him to say that the keyboard is terrific is a is a tremendous endorsement. Um, we're still working on our our uh, uh, in depth reviews on these products, but um, and 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 the keyboard doesn't actually ship until the twentieth. I should add. Now let me tell you right now as we talk, I have a review sample here of the Magic Keyboard from Apple, which I have to return some when sometime, but they haven't said when. Now, this has obviously a slightly short travel key top, like all the Apple keyboards, compared to a traditional keyboard. I'm trying real hard to get used to it because I've been living with the Matthias Quiet Pro for two, three years, however long mm-hmm. it's been out. It has traditional Alps mechanical key switches. So the keyboard travel of the Apple keyboard is much, much less. I mean, it's like, I don't know, an eighth of an inch. I'm just looking at it right now as we talk, and it looks to me like an eighth of an inch or, or something like that. It's a short travel. The keys are solid and wide and don't wobble that much from side to side. I think they make an effort to come up with a pretty good keyboard here in the constraints of size and weight, but not necessarily for the best use case. It's very complicated, isn't it, folks? And We're going to move away from iPad in a few moments because there's a lot more to talk about. We will want to tell you here that we've got a second little segment called Tech Night Owl Minute. We're rolling out. There'll be more episodes shortly. It's part of Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. We also offer the ad-free version of this show for a modest subscription rate. plus.technightowl.com. More to come with Ryan Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live, and we're talking about iPad Pro. Let's get away from that. Because that's still, as I said, I think a work in progress and Mac Observer is still testing it. So we'll have to see what we're doing. But let me look at five years from now, though, where we assume there'll be more iOS type features on Macs. Do you think there's a time in the future where Apple sees more and more people moving to whatever version of the iPad is out then and the Mac taking on a more specialized use case? Hmm, that is such a great question. What I see Apple doing is offering a variety of devices that fit our needs, right? In other words, Apple is positioning itself to be able to be a part of our computing lives, no matter what those computing lives look like. So, you know, we've had the iPhone, then we had the iPad, then we had the uh, the large screen iPhones, and then we had the larger screen iPhones. We've had the the iPad and the iPad got smaller, and now with the iPad is getting bigger. We've, on the, on the Mac side, MacBooks uh, are getting both, you know, smaller and more powerful with, you know, uh, smaller on the one end and then, and then better screens on the other end. I think that Apple wants to make sure that if it's, that if anybody is cannibalizing 
Apple products, it is Apple. And that the end result is more and more devices sold. So to that end, I don't think that that I don't think that Apple thinks that Macs are going away anytime soon. And I don't think that Apple thinks that the iPad is going to replace the Mac. I think they just want to make sure that people can pick an Apple device for whatever whatever use cases they have. Sometimes it's going to be an iPad. Sometimes it's going to be an iPhone. Sometimes it's going to be a Mac. Sometimes it's going to be an iMac. Sometimes it's going to be a MacBook. This also explains the model proliferation. I mean, back in the late 90s when Steve Jobs killed all the multiple Macs and performers, he got it down to an iMac and a Power Mac G3 and later a Power Mac G4 and a couple of different PowerBooks. He made it very simple. But now if you look at the current line, with Macs, with iPads, with iPhones. You've got lots of choices to make there. You know, a lot of these products now have multiple colors and different storage requirements and stuff like that. You go in there and say, I want to buy a computer. And Apple has all sorts of computing devices, each of which can serve a function that might have traditionally been part of a PC years ago. Even an iPhone is still a tiny mobile personal computer with a phone included. So they're giving you lots of choices, and I think at the end of the day, that may be good, but does it make things more confusing? I walk into an Apple store, and I want to do something, and I'm seeing this sea of Apple computing products, and I have to decide, what am I going to need? What do I want? Do I just want a Mac because I'm used to a standard PC? Doesn't that become a little more difficult with all that product proliferation? Man, this is such a good topic. When Steve Jobs paired everything and then he went to the to, to the four corners right it was uh what, what what were in the four corners it was the the power book at the time iMac and then the Mac Pro and what was the what was the fourth corner there were two different power books like a power book duo and a regular right. power book and then you had the iMac and then you had the power mac and the power mac was for business use and the iMac was consumer use and in terms of notebooks you had a really slim notebook for its time that was for people who want something that is as light as possible, but you could dock it when you got back to your home or office, and they had the full-size PowerBook. Now, obviously, that has changed today into being different products. Well, um, yeah, but... but it's again, not just... Now, instead of just Macs, you have totally different product lines filling the different corners. The, yeah, the, the four-corner... Apple hasn't mentioned the four corners in probably a decade. Right now, um, some say it's a three-corner issue, iPhone, iPad, Mac, because yeah, you really can't count an Apple but Watch look, as being me, the fourth corner, or can you? The underlying philosophy here is super important. When Apple did that, Apple was in trouble. And Apple was making, as you mentioned earlier, Apple was making this you know, wide array of uh, performance, and, and you know, many times it was like the, the same computer with a, essentially a different packaging. And, and a, Apple was a mess. And the computing industry was um, uh, just an alien landscape compared to what it is today. And the point of Steve Jobs pairing all of these other products down, getting rid of a lot of different products and services, and, and, and then eventually going with this four-corner strategy, the point of that was about Apple finding itself again 
And it was also about Apple telling a narrative. It's one of the things that uh, um, uh, that uh, uh, that I got out of becoming Steve Jobs by uh, Brent Tetsley and uh, the other guy that co-wrote the book. <laughs> Steve was very concerned about the fact that Apple didn't have any kind of narrative, and he wanted to find that narrative. Well, the Apple of today is a lot different, and Apple is clearly not in trouble. And I think that this proliferation of models that you're talking about is 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 very much an issue of Apple making sure that if anybody's going to cannibalize Apple, it's Apple. And in my mind, it, it's not a problem for Apple to have all these products, in part because you can go into an Apple store and you can get guidance from people who understand where to steer you according to what it is you want to do with your device. And that was another thing that, that wasn't in place when Apple went to the four corner strategy. So, you know, things are a lot different. Things are a lot different now. Well, then it was simply different versions of the same product. Now it's different products. And as I, you say, Apple would rather have itself cannibalized than something else. Of course, that raises the other question. Would Apple get into the automotive business? Well, yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, how many particular product lines does Apple get involved in? I mean, obviously, today, a modern automobile is in part a computer because it's got very, very sophisticated onboard computers running things because they need to manage fuel consumption. A lot of times those things even manage handling and extra special features for safety. And sometimes they put up software that defeats the emission control so it looks good when you test. But that's but, a European know, thing. You know, in Europe, I understand that kind of cheating is kind of more in the DNA of automakers than it is here. And maybe that's part of the problem, but that's another story. So therefore, does Apple now have to move into these other product lines because of their philosophy of, well, we want to enter this because people are going to need it anyway, but none of these products will cannibalize an existing Apple product. I mean, the Apple Watch kind of sits there in a separate category as a stepchild of a smartphone, but not as a total replacement. Yeah, it's, it's a companion device. But as many devices as Apple has now, still has fewer models and products out there than Dell does. And Dell is a fraction of Apple size, a tiny fraction of Apple size. Well, Dell makes no sense to me. But, uh, okay, HP, you know, everyone else, as many products as Apple has today, it's still a fraction of what its competitors, who are much, much, much smaller, have. And in terms of Apple getting into to cars and whatnot, look at a company like GE. GE, which is also smaller than Apple, is in all of the things. You know, is I don't think that Apple getting into cars is is a big deal for a company the size of Apple. I also think there's a possibility there for Apple, and we'll get into it in our next segment, that the current auto industry has a lot of practices in terms of developing, designing, selling vehicles that's entrenched and has been created over over a hundred what a hundred thirty years of cars existing from the very first Mercedes or Benz back in the late very late nineteenth century to the point where it is today, and Apple can really overhaul that maybe more to mm -hmm. come on the Tech Night Out Live. 
If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie.
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So as I said, what we know about cars today is very deeply entrenched the way automakers do things. So if you think, for example, Volkswagen is alone in faking results for emissions tests. Now, if you look over the past 30 years or so since the EPA came about, what, in the 70s, so it's closer to 40 years. If you look over that, you'll see from time to time, other automakers have been dinged for safety problems, for emissions problems, for fuel economy claims. For hiding dangerous elements of cars. Sure. I mean, consider the Ford Pinto, where the darn thing could burst into flame if struck the gas tank because Ford wouldn't pay like a couple of dollars for a part that protected it because I guess they looked at their bean counters and the bean counter said, well, you know, if we leave it as it is, some people will die and we'll have to pay maybe their estate. But that will be a lot cheaper than adding this part. Yeah, it's crazy. And GM had its own uh, scandal uh, three or four years ago now. That's with the switch. That's the ignition switch. Yeah. And we have the sudden acceleration problem with Toyotas, particularly Camrys. And we had a similar claim with Audis back in the 1980s. So this happens all the time. So... Wouldn't it be a nice idea to take the existing structure of the automobile industry, entrenched over decades and decades, and the way it does things, and throw it out the window? Start from scratch with something new. Tesla's trying to do that, but Tesla's running into some problems with quality control, which is a traditional problem with cars where, okay, it rattles too much, or maybe the doors sometimes don't open properly. All those problems that Tesla's having with reliability are the same kind of problems other automakers have dealt with over the years. So they're still living kind of in that world, too. Can Apple totally throw it out the window and start from scratch? Yeah, um, Apple's not going to throw everything out the window. For one thing, Apple is going to be looking at entrenched players to be providing some of the things that Apple needs, including possibly um, uh, the manufacturer, which is... Uh, God, I always mess up the names. I'm not sure what you're talking about, man. There, all right. So there's a company in uh, Europe that uh, makes cars for boutique car brands. Okay. So it's basically a contract manufacturer. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the Foxconn of high-end, super high-end uh, vehicles. And it seems at this point, and they're called... Um, Magnar. There we go. Steer Magnar. No, I'm still wrong. Anyway, but you're right. It doesn't matter. The, the, Apple's probably going to be turning to that company, and they're an established player in the automobile industry. 
you know, it's not like Apple. Apple is probably not going to be building its own factories to make a car, though it could certainly do what it's done in uh, the electronic space, which is invent and design its own manufacturing processes for some components and then invent the machines to actually make them. Now, understand here the way cars are made today. Not all parts are made by the automaker. They have all these parts companies around a plant. Even the ones in America, you have all these other companies that provide parts. They build the seats. They do other things. And so it's an integration of the automaker assembling the parts, but quite often dealing with other contractors for individual components. Yeah, for sure. And like Apple's the, the transmission may be made by a totally different company in a totally different factory. You know, my understanding at this point is that Apple is going to be using a surprising amount of, uh, well, surprising perhaps to us, uh, off-the-shelf components, or at the very least, um, ordered from other companies to Apple specifications for a lot of the stuff that they're doing. You know, if you look at the iPhone and the iPad today, Apple is you know designing and making its own processors. They're doing, they've done their own their own sensor work. They're they're doing all of these controllers. That, uh, that everybody else in the industry turns to uh, other companies to make. Um, they're uh, on the iMac uh, 5K. They had to invent um, ways of getting data between the video card and the display because 5K displays weren't a thing yet. But they still use Intel processors, which are off the shelf. The storage devices are usually standard storage devices that For you can Mac actually series. buy in many cases. The Fusion Drive, okay, it's kind of a customization. It's kind of a hybrid. But a lot of what Apple still does in personal computers are based on off-the-shelf parts to which they've had customizations. Obviously, the 5K iMac is amazing because even if you get the cheapest 5K iMac, the 27-inch iMac starting at $1799, now go out there and find a 5K display, 27 inches, for seventeen ninety nine, you're not going to have much luck. Yeah, and even with um, there, there's a lot of stuff that Apple is doing today with uh, with uh, in particular the, the the MacBook Air and the and the MacBook the uh, the new the new incredibly slim MacBook, where Apple is has utterly invented the way the com- components will be used. It didn't necessarily all start off that way, right? The the longer Apple makes a product. The more of that product Apple is 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 designing in house. Now, with a car, I kind of assume that things like the electric engine, whatever it is, and the battery supply, that stuff is going to be customized but built by a contract manufacturer. Now, things like seats and other components, they might still rely on modifications of existing parts out there. I don't know what they're going to do. I think at the start. They're going to try to use as many things as they can from existing parts suppliers. And then over time, as they demonstrate the success of such a product, come up yeah, with more customized solutions. That's essentially what I'm saying. And the name of that company, by the way, is Magnus Steer. Finally found it. Well, we're just trying to summarize it here. But the thing here is it's not just building the car, designing it. And if obviously, if it's an electric car, it's going to meet emissions regulations. If it's going to be in the, the mold of the Tesla, being all electric, no option of a gas engine, that's one thing. It's still going to have to meet certain standards for safety and rollover and all this other stuff. 
that will require going to the various agencies around the world to get approval. So that's one thing they'll have to say. The second thing, of course, is selling the car. Now, Tesla, of course, they have their own dealerships. And that's controversial because in a lot of states, the traditional auto dealer networks have a lot of money to spend with lobbyists. And they go and complain to the state legislature that Tesla is putting them out of business. Therefore, they can't have dealerships. So Apple will have to also build a dealer network or sell it themselves or something. They're going to have to provide that sort of service. That's an area that could be overhauled, by the way. I think the traditional experience of buying a car from a dealer is a mess. Even if you buy the car on the internet, you still have to walk through the door to the finance department and everything goes downhill from there. They're still using impact printers from the 1980s to print the finance contracts. Did you know that? Yep. Right. I mean, it's just amazing how old fashioned that is. And I've talked to these finance people and they said, look, this is what they give me. It's not that I want to do this this way or deal with late 20th century science. This is what they give me. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. I want to be able to smoke inside, cut down on cigarettes, jog without wheezing, be kissable, and save money. Then you want the SIG e-cigarettes. Get the highest quality, best tasting vaping experience on the market with unmatched customer service from the SIG. And right now, gobble up this deal. Buy $30 worth of any products and get a starter kit for only $5. Use code SK at checkout. But hurry, offer good only until Thanksgiving at lesig.com. L-E-C-I-G.com. Kick some ash with Lesig. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day, and the home security industry wants you to believe that's your only option. They've got hordes of salesmen out there trying to scare you into signing one of their long-term contracts. You get stuck writing huge checks month after month with no way out. It's robbery by contract, and it can cost you thousands. But there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has no contracts, none. You'll get award-winning 24/7 protection. Security professionals watching over your home, ready to instantly send police to the rescue for just $14.99 per month. That's less than half what most companies charge. Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafedefense.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25 only when you go to simplysafedefense.com. Simplysafedefense.com. 
A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows. Pause and rewind live TV. Even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now we're talking about Apple TV. You think of the things you watch on it, and that gets you back to pop culture. And as you suggest here, maybe one of the reasons why the superhero looks uncomfortable is because the costume is uncomfortable. Now, with the Superman back in the 50s, it was just like the shirt and the tights and the pants and everything. So I can't imagine it was that uncomfortable to put on. And the Christopher Reeve uniform was an outgrowth of that. But when you look at the uniform that, say, Henry Cavill wore in Man of Steel, that had to be a bear to put on. It was a form-fitting uniform, very much different, but looking almost like a military uniform. Yeah, almost like it it was armor in a way. Exactly. Whereas the one that Melissa Benoist is wearing, she says when interviewed, and of course, you know, it could be a spin too, they're trying to sell a show, is that to her it's like a dancing outfit. Because she's also a singer-dancer, so that's how she looks at it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it looks like the materials that it's made out of are, are more uh, flexible and, and compliant, meaning as she moves, the fabric moves with her as opposed to against her. But it still takes two wardrobe people to help her put it on. She can't just put it on in the morning and run around and say, I'm Supergirl. It takes a couple of people in the wardrobe because there's a lot of intricacies involved there with the cape 
and the shirt and everything else. So it's not so easy. These things are never so easy. I imagine the flash uniform is pretty difficult. I imagine it is too. That that looks like it takes a lot of work. And uh, and and I'm assuming just the way the way it's designed, the whole thing where sometimes he takes his cowl and just and slides it back out of the way so we can see his whole face. I'm assuming that's not something he can easily do, and it actually takes costumers to work the cowl around so that it looks like he just casually flipped it out of the way. It's never as easy as it looks with these crazy superhero costumes, because superhero costumes can't be things you just put on. And no. The one that's most difficult, though, is Batman. That's difficult. I don't mean the yeah. Batman of the 60s, which was very easy, or even the Batman from the movie serials back in the 1940s that just looked plain awful. I mean the one that first worn by Michael Keaton in 1989 or the uniform that Christian Bale is wearing or even the one that Ben Affleck is wearing. That stuff is not easy to put on. You'll notice, for example, that in all these superhero movies, you don't see them actually putting on their costumes. You see them before. You see them after. Maybe you'll see, as in Batman Begins, the development of the costume, what it looks like. But the physical act of putting those things on, that's never explained, nor the physical act of removing those costumes after they go back to their civilian life or whatever it is. No, I'm assuming that takes some serious work to to get someone inside that and uh, and then also to get the uh, the cowl to sit where it needs to to be and to stay where it needs to be so it looks natural as the actor is moving around and then good luck seeing anything or even hearing anything because that, I mean it covers up your your ears and I imagine it's just horrible for peripheral vision but it sure looks cool. Now there's a story that Ben Affleck tells of going to his toy store to buy a Halloween costume for one of his kids. And he meets Christian Bale in the store, not trolling to look for Batman. He just happens to meet Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. I'll assume it's true. And he asks, I guess, some advice from Christian Bale about playing Batman. And Christian Bale says, make sure you can go to the bathroom in that costume, in so many words. (laughs) You know... That totally makes sense. Um, I, I remember hearing a story about uh, Toby Maguire having to uh, to really plan his schedule around when he needed to go to the bathroom because they actually had to sew him into the Spider-Man costume. Oh, boy. You see, it's so easy for the people who do the drawings. They can build any kind of costume you want. And they don't care how you have to build it, how do you have to design it, how you have to put it on. They don't care about that stuff. Right. They just need to be able to draw it. But now, of course, superheroes are everywhere on TV. Right. Yeah. Have you watched the Daredevil series yet? I loved it. But only in the last episode of the first season does he wear the traditional Daredevil outfit. Before that, he's really just putting on a mask and, and stuff. But at that point... This is the costume that you see. Yes. And the Punisher joins him in the second season. Right. And so that's going to be interesting. I thought that the actor who played him, Charlie Cox, who's British, by the way, all these British actors playing American superheroes, 
he did an extraordinary job. It's a very gritty show. It's on Netflix, Daredevil. Yes. And I think you should watch it because you're going to see, again, a great choice of performers. I think the level of performers in these superhero shows now is much better than ever. I mean, if you look at the 50s with Superman, I think Jack Larson as Jimmy Olsen and the guy who played Perry White, they were very good. George Reeves had a personality. Yes. He wasn't a great actor. He was a B-movie actor. But he had a personality, and that's what shone through. And when they loosened the character of Superman, I think it worked, especially for the kids. Christopher Reeve was pretty good as Clark Kent, not so good as Superman. I'm not sure about Tom Welling. He's an adequate actor. He played in Smallville. I think that Dean Cain is not a very good actor, and he played in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Yep. I think they needed to fix his voice. He speaks in kind of a tenor register. And I think he needed to build up his voice, which can be done with voice exercises. So they should have built up his voice before he became Superman. But he is in the new Supergirl TV series. Yes, he, he plays Kara's stepfather. Exactly. And Helen Slater, who Supergirl, Supergirl, plays... Her foster mother, and there's a Thanksgiving episode of Supergirl in which she comes to town. And Kara is afraid that her foster mother would not approve of her as Supergirl. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. You like Supergirl? Y yes. I, I need to see the pilot that aired. I, I saw the leaked pilot, and I'm curious if, if they made any edits from that. Very slight. To, to what actually showed. Very slight. Well, you just have to go to CBS.com. It's well, on there. I, you, you can play online the first and second episode. They're there now oh, if okay. you want to check it. I did see That's the leaked version. The titles, some more of the titles were added to it. I think in a couple of scenes, maybe they use different takes. But otherwise, I, it's I essentially so. the same. Okay. I, I hope they did do some different takes in, in some of the scenes. Because in, that, in the uh, leaked version... I didn't feel like Supergirl was that compelling of a character, but Kara, I wanted to watch a show just about Kara. I thought she she was wonderful as Kara. I think they were also trying to play her as being awkward as Supergirl because she's just learning. But I think as Supergirl in the second episode, she was much better. Did you see it? Not yet, but knowing that I can just go to, to cbs.com and, and watch the second one there, uh, that, that's what I'm going to do. I think she becomes much looser. There's a scene at the beginning where they're testing her, of course. Okay? Of course. Okay, the Extra Normal Affairs Department, Department of Extra Normal Affairs and Operations, the one that the agency that follows aliens on Earth, she's basically doing exercises and they're testing her and there's a couple of scenes there where she just is speaking to hank henshaw who runs the agency and that interaction she kind of throws away a line that you think she kind of just made up and you realize she's loosened up considerably as supergirl she's more accepting of the character or the character is more flexible and then of course there are a couple of spoilers in there which i won't tell you about like you already know at the end of the first episode that you have this woman who's her aunt who looks just like her mother because that's her mother's twin sister i'll mm -hmm. tell you more in a moment we have jeff gamut and gene steinberg on the tech night out live thank you for listening to gcn 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to OneSilverSolution.com. OneSilverSolution.com. There is only one silver solution. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. My name is Don Wiskin. In 1994, I lost my 62-year-old father to complications of bypass surgery. In 1977, my 44-year-old brother was found dead in his apartment. He suffered a heart attack. In January of 98, my mother had a stroke and passed away in her bed. 21 days later, my 53-year-old brother passed away on his arrival to the hospital. He waited too long. In June that same year, I almost joined them at 42. What did I do? I took a seven-herb formula I now call Extendivite made from garlic, cayenne, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, hawthorn, milk thistle, and valerian. Based on German studies of natural medicine, Extendivite is designed to clear blocked arteries, clean the toxins from your blood, and improve your immune system. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website, heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Just recently, we've witnessed some of the most catastrophic disasters in history. Be sure to prepare yourself with great-tasting, high-quality, GMO-free food that has a 25-year shelf life. Of course, we're talking about the foods from SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. And don't forget, the human body needs up to three quarts of water every day to remain healthy and hydrated. So check out our water bricks at SurvivalFoodAlliance.com. 
Go to survivalfoodalliance.com or call 877-223-1776. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So that's the argument made, by the way, in terms of people staying with their devices with the iPad, where a lot of tablets are sold that are not iPads, but people take them, and based on wet metrics, they're not using them. They stick them in the closet or the desk drawer or something. But an Apple Watch, the assumption here is it gets a high degree of positive acceptance by customers, and people continue to use it. It's not so much, oh, it's a nice watch. And they don't use it. Or they go back to their $12.88 Walmart watches, which is what I still have, by the way. I still have the $12.88 Walmart watch. It's not the most perfect device in terms of accuracy. So over a period of about six months, it maybe gained about 12 or 15 seconds. But you know what? Two or three seconds a month, that's no big deal. Yeah, fair enough. Is there something Apple could do to make the Apple Watch more indispensable? Or is it going to be like one of these things of, well, I don't really think I need it, but I'm using it. But if tomorrow I said you can't use it for a week, you'd protest after a couple of days. Yeah, I should I should make myself go spend a week with my mechanical watch. It's like the complete flip side of, of people who would make themselves, you know, use, say, a tablet or an Apple Watch or, you know, any particular device for, for a period of time. I, sh- I should actually make myself not use it and see what I think at the end of that period. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know what Apple can do. You know, I ran a, a, a death knell. You're familiar with the Apple death knell counter? Yes, this is something where some fool out there says Apple is doomed. Apple yes. is doomed. They've been telling us Apple is doomed since the 1970s, I think. Yeah, exactly. And over the years, I've collected 70 instances, and there, there are more out there for sure, especially if you go back to the 90s. Uh, but I, I've collected 70 different times when someone has said that Apple is doomed in some way. Number 70 was this week. It, it's hard to believe, but people still say that Apple is doomed. This person was saying that he was going back to the idea that, that the only Steve Jobs could innovate, and now that Steve Jobs, Apple is gone, um, that Apple can't innovate that Apple can't release new products and Apple Watch doesn't count just because. And Apple is an iPhone-only company and there is no plan B. At the heart of this particular, his name is Brian Clark, and he was writing for the Next Web. And at the heart of his argument is that he doesn't see where Apple is going to go next, so therefore Apple isn't going to go anywhere next. In other words, he thinks he's the omniscient prognosticator, and he knows what Apple's doing behind the scenes in their secret labs. Yeah, or what they're not doing in this case. Here's my straight-up counter to that. Who saw the iPod before it was released? Who saw the iPhone? Who saw the iTunes Store? Who saw the iPad? Who saw Apple Watch? Who saw Apple Car? Well, obviously with Apple Watch, with other companies coming out with smartwatches, I think people kind of considered at that point that Apple might do one. And maybe that was a real rumor from the... Rumors of an Apple Watch didn't happen until after Apple was working on it. 
all of the rumors. We know about most of those products, but not all of them, before Apple announced them. But it was because there were leaks that were coming from the supply chain. Now, this is important here. Apple builds a prototype for something. I think they may have even built some TV sets, prototypes. Whatever it is, Apple builds a prototype. Immediately, somebody somewhere in Asia will leak that information. It's not that Apple can just throw out suppliers saying, well, you're leaking this information because a lot of times you're dealing with custom manufacturing processes. And it's not always so easy just to say, okay, we'll fire this company and let's go to another company. Right. That sort of thing is essentially unstoppable. You know, the only thing that's a secret anymore is when it's made entirely within Apple. The, the Mac Pro was a surprise. Apple's software services tend to be a surprise. But the vast majority of anything that it's looking at making in large numbers, those haven't been a surprise in years. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the key point here. There is a, a massive world of difference between information leaking and us talking about it and actually knowing what Apple is going to do before it does it. There is this, this massive world of difference. No one saw the things that Apple was going to do next until Apple was already doing them. So for anyone to sit there and say that Apple doesn't have a plan B, which is an actual quote from this guy, is utterly ridiculous, myopic, self-centered, narcissistic, and ridiculous. Obviously, Apple, in building the Apple Watch, they probably looked several years hence to see where it would go and what options to take if it went one way or went another way. I mean, no company worth its salt wouldn't have that kind of prognostication about the future. Although I think a lot of companies put things out because it's the trend. I think netbooks was a trend and companies built them because, well, they built them because other companies built them. Yeah, I agree with that. The same thing, of course, is with these convertible PCs where they have the removable screens that serve as very clumsy tablets. I don't think it's because they have product designers who figured that you have to go that direction. It is, well, Intel has this Ultrabook specification and other companies are doing it, so we'll do it. We have to be in that space because other companies are in that space, not because, oh, we've got an idea for a product that may actually have some value. Yeah, well, Apple, this is probably a much longer conversation than we have time for, but but yeah, Apple is just in, in this completely different space when it comes to designing products. The, the rest of the world, generally speaking, you know, someone has an idea and then they try and they and they see if it'll work and some of those stick. Netbooks were, were one such example where someone said, well, what if we make a really, really cheap and small computer? It turns out there were some people that were looking for something like that. And so then everybody jumped in the bandwagon and it was the thing until a better way of doing that exact same thing came about. And I remember during the netbook craze, I was visiting a friend, helping him with his Mac. And his girlfriend comes over and she asked for some help with her netbook to make it run on my friend's Wi-Fi network. And I followed the normal procedure, but I said, Let's, this keyboard's horrible. The keys are so close together. It's very awkward to use. The screen's too small for a traditional PC desktop. I don't mean something like iOS 9, which is optimized for small screens. I mean taking the standard version of Windows and shrinking it down to a point that it was just ungainly to use. And I asked the person, why'd you buy this thing? Well, it was $300. So if you could get, say, for $500 a more traditional notebook size, would you consider it? And she looked at me and said, well, I had only 300 at the time, but you know what? If I had to do it all over again, I'd buy something 
more traditionally sized. And that's partly Microsoft's fault. They didn't consider having a version of Windows out there, and maybe that's part of what Windows 8 was, but it was a big failure, have a version of Windows out there and the manufacturers designing products that would cater to having the small form factor. Just shrinking it down and making it cheap using cheap parts couldn't work. And it didn't work. When the Mm -hmm. iPad came out, there went netbooks. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely, that's exactly what happened, Gene. You see, I know. I haven't figured out what I know, but if I do, I'll let you know. <laughs> do you know? Yes. Brian Chaffin, <laughs> please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. You can listen to me weekly on the Apple Context Machine. You can find that on iTunes. It's the Apple Context Machine. And I am also at MacObserver.com. MacObserver.com. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. That's three words, Tech Night Owl. No spaces, no dots, all together on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Look for Gene Steinberg. If the guy, that strange-looking guy, is wearing a plaid shirt with red colors in it, no doubt he's me. I think I still have the shirt, by the way. We also have that special feature of the Tech Night Owl Live called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. Learn how to subscribe and get the ad-free version of this show, better quality audio, Tech Night Owl Minute for a low monthly, annual, five-year, and now lifetime subscription rate, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast at paracast.com. This week, we have Leslie Kane and Mark Rodiger talking about ufodata.net. It's a project to set up UFO detectors, electronic detectors around the world, to record possible UFO activity. Paracast.com to learn more. Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, man. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.